Welcome, Your Majesty, to the Princess Project Podcast. I'm your host, Cassidy Cagney, and I'm an L.A. princess. For what is a princess if not a leader? And what is a leader if not someone who advocates for change? Here to empower, equip, and inspire our future feminine leaders. This kingdom welcomes royals of all kinds. So whether you're a prince or a princess, a king or a queen, or any royal in between, put on your crown and pull up your seat, for the podcast is about to begin. Hello, Your Majesty. Thank you for joining me. I am so happy that you have found your way to the Princess Project podcast. I'm your host, Cassidy Cagney, and I am an L.A. princess, helping you to live your royal life. If you are joining me today, June 6th, the day that this episode drops, thank you for joining me for this very special day, this very special episode. It's my birthday. (laughs) Uh, It's felt really, it felt right to publish this podcast on this day. And when I was juggling around my schedule and all that stuff, I decided that's my day anyway. So let's go for it. Um, I think that I might be going through my Saturn return. Um, I don't know for sure because I meant to look it up before I started this episode, but that's okay. Usually your Saturn return happens uh, in your early 20s, mid 20s. I've learned this from other podcasts I listen to. Um, And it's when you really start to come into your own and showing up authentically in ways that is completely new for you um, when you really find your wings. So I think that might be now. I mean, I'm turning 25. I'm literally my mid-20s. I am my mid-20s <laughs> at the moment. So thank you so very much. Uh, you are all my fairy godmothers um, and making my birthday very special by being here. So with this episode, I really wanted to think about celebrating the year past and getting ready and getting prepared for the year coming up uh, in the future. Thinking about where I was a year ago. (laughs) Oh man, a year ago was June 2021. I was living in Northern California. Actually, now I live in Los Angeles, but I was living in Northern California, living in my own, in my own place that I fully funded. Uh, for the first time ever. I was working at a server at a restaurant, which was so hard. But I made some friends at the restaurant, and we got a place together, and I had my own apartment for the very first time. I don't really count the ones that I was staying in while I was in college because my parents were so generous to help me with that. But this was the first time I had been fully, fully responsible of every aspect of my life. Really, I was on my own. I felt really, I felt very much at the beginning, just like today. I was about to start my student teaching experience as part of my master's in teaching. I have since graduated. Woot woot. (laughs) Uh, So now I have my master's in teaching with an emphasis in social emotional learning, which is basically um, relationship skills uh, and developing healthy emotional uh, you know, coping tools, learning mechanisms, how to relate to each other positively with uh, healthy conflict and things like that. I'm sure that you will hear a much more about that. But 
student teaching is a whirlwind. It is expensive and it is just so much work. I will tell you so much more about the teaching experience, but uh, in a brief recap, I was teaching full-time as a teacher. Uh, Learn by doing. I actually went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo for my undergrad, and they always taught learn by doing. Then when I went somewhere else for my master's degree and got thrown in week three, and I'm all of a sudden teaching English uh, for seniors and drama one for all of the grades, you know, I really had to learn on my feet. But when you are a teacher, you don't just teach students. You are a student. Always. These kids have, (laughs) they just have so much value to offer anyone who comes into contact with them. So when you are a teacher, you are always learning from your students. Always, always. You can't get around it. But uh, if you're going to be a teacher, they always say, oh, you're a lifetime learner. And I think I've really, um, I think I really value that because it was really scary to leave college, you know. Uh, after being a student my whole life, I was like, what am I going to do when I don't have a grade to determine my self-worth? I know, I know. You should not base your self-worth on your grades. But in the system that we're in, that can be a pretty easy pitfall uh, to become subject to. But we are going to be subjects of ourselves in our own kingdoms now. (laughs) So it's fun um, because I really try to help students remember that they are the most important thing. Not their grades, not their product, um, but them, and that they are inherently worthy. I missed that mark when I was growing up. So I want to be able to give, give that reminder to kids earlier so that when they graduate college, like I did, they don't have to be alone feel adrift in the world uh, because you no longer have a grade to tell you if you're a good person or not. I wonder if you can relate. Um, Let me know if you do. So anyway, I did my student teaching and I met some wonderful, wonderful people in my classes and I had the most wonderful mentors. I finished my master's in teaching in January, December, December, January, I don't remember what was technically the end. I didn't walk or anything. So then I was like, okay, great. I'm done. My lease is ending in NorCal and I am going to move to Los Angeles. Why move to Los Angeles, Cassidy? Oh, I might just be like falling in love a little bit. So I'm going to just pick up my whole life and move to LA with no job and nowhere to live. I had a little bit of money still left over from student teaching when I couldn't have a job. Um, I was working entirely off of whatever savings I had because they don't pay you anything for student teaching. I know, I know. So I had a little bit of money left over when I moved to LA and my aunt and uncle were so gracious to let me live with them. I then call that phase of my life after I moved to Los Angeles uh, with just as whatever I could shove in my little car. I call that my L.A. panic. (laughs) And man, I was panicking. I was freaking out. How? How am I going to find a place to live without a job? How am I going to find a job in the first place in this town where I don't know anyone? And it's huge. 
it's a huge, huge place to live. I also don't live in the heart of Los Angeles. I kind of live um, on the southern region. It was so scary, my friends, and I did not believe that I was capable of handling that amount of stress, that amount of uncertainty. The unknowns were so big at that point. I always thought, oh, when I graduate from my bachelor's degree, that'll be the hardest thing I ever do. When I graduate from my master pro- master's program, that'll be the hardest thing I'll ever have to do. And then I moved to LA, and that is the hardest thing I ever had to do. And boy, oh boy, doesn't that, ain't that just the way? (laughs) I was at this place with so many unknowns that could not be ignored. And my confidence was so small. If I had to size it up and hold it in my hands, my confidence was probably the size of one of those rubber bouncy balls that we used to play with when we were kids. That was all the confidence that I had. Like, basically the size of a red grape. (laughs) And I thought I was going to not just fail, but quit. I have never had the urge to quit so strongly before. Based entirely on fear. My aunt and uncle were so gracious with me and they wanted to see me succeed and they were happy to have me in their house um they gave me every support and encouragement in the world and I was gonna pack up and go home flee north move in with my parents again because I thought I couldn't do it it seemed so big and so impossible how could I really make this work? Was I doing things too fast? Was I not prepared enough? What was I going to do? My love was there with me the whole time. My partner goes to school in Los Angeles. So throughout this time, I would panic and cry. And he was such a sport. He was so supportive And I can't imagine how many times I broke his heart by saying, oh, I'm going to come move and be closer to you. Just kidding. I can't. I'm going to go back to uh, up north. And he was so steadfast and understanding. And my aunt said, Cassidy, you've been here three weeks. (laughs) actually not even three weeks I think it was more like one week you've been here for like one week and you're freaking out could you just take a chill pill please um I had actually had a job lined up when I moved to Los Angeles which fell apart pretty much as soon as I got there um it was really a weird situation I was supposed to be working for a school district as a tutor and then there was all these like technicalities complications and so I didn't end up going forward with that job and I had no plan and I had to start off from scratch my aunt pushes me more than anybody else really and she told me you have time you can figure it out you have to give yourself more of a chance and 
that day, I went to a school district and I applied to be a substitute teacher and I got the job. So all of a sudden I had a job and a plan and (laughs) it was not that easy just saying that I got a job as a substitute teacher. It took weeks of processing and all that kind of stuff, but the idea was there, right? But the only thing that really helped me get through it was deciding that I was a princess. I know, I know. I seriously had to think to myself, this is me. I am royalty. And by thinking that, walking down the street, saying, this is my town. I own everything, even though I don't. (laughs) Oh, see that restaurant over there? Oh, I own it. See all those buildings those people are living in? Oh, I own it. Oh, see that bush right there with the butterfly? I own that bush and that butterfly. (laughs) It really imbued me with this confidence and positivity that got me through, that pushed me um, to get everything in line and in order and move, move into my own apartment. It also gave me the bravery to just try in the first place. Like I said, I'd been living with my aunt uncle in LA for like a week, a week and a half, maybe two. And I was going to give up just because I was scared. Just because I didn't think that I could. Because the unknowns were so big and so loud that I had to remind myself who I wanted to be, but also who I was that I was capable and worthy. I have the potential as well as the inner fire to see that potential through into something beautiful. And so that was when I crowned myself as an LA princess. By doing that, I was able to find the most wonderful apartment in the most wonderful part of town. And I work for the most wonderful school district. Um, And I have a lot of opportunities and friends and possibilities set out before me that I wouldn't have had if I just moved home, if I just got scared and ran away. My love was so excited that I was going to stay. And I know I pulled him every which way but we are now actually engaged, so it's very exciting. Um, It all worked out in the end, and I'm still a princess. I am still capable. I always was, but by putting a crown on myself, I know, by putting on my crown, I was able to remember that I can persevere. Princess core Being a princess is more than just having a lot of pink dresses or doing your makeup with glitter every day. And it can be all those fun things and pretending to live in a castle. I definitely do that in my tiny apartment. Um, But it's more than that. It can be a mindset that can help you get through the hard times and remember that you are worthy. Are you breathing right now? Can I? Oh, oh, I hear you. I hear you breathing. (laughs) Oh, you know what that means? If you, if you are breathing right now, that means that you are worthy. You are worthy of every good thing. You are worthy of being heard. You are worthy of being 
seen. Princess Core can be a mindset for you to help you have perseverance and resilience, confidence and inner power, freedom in your femininity and in your leadership. It can help you when you adopt a princess mindset in so many ways. And I have seen it firsthand. Becoming an LA princess, deciding that this life belongs to me has helped me come into my own, into my own power, into my own security and my femininity. And I believe the idea that you are a princess, that you are royalty, that you have intrinsic value. In fact, you have the divine right to exist and to love and to lead. So that is what we are doing here. Um, This podcast is supposed to be a place where you can come and sit down every week with a cup of tea or a cup of joe if you prefer. Put on your crown. And this is a place that will empower us to demand the best for ourselves as well as from ourselves. It's a place that will equip us with the tools we need to become influential leaders. And it will inspire us to step into our own personal power and create the positive changes that we want to see in our kingdom and beyond. This is a place to be curious and inquisitive, thoughtful and challenging, (laughs) kind and compassionate, respectful and respected, and most importantly, royal. So thank you for tuning into this very special birthday episode of the Princess Project podcast. I can't wait to see where we go in one year. We will be back next week with another episode, and we will be joined by another royal of roses. (laughs) Can you guess who it is? (laughs) We can continue the conversation over on Instagram and TikTok at Princess Project Podcast. And until next time, go on out there and live your royal life. Toodaloo!